Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right. What is up, Faithful? This is your late Saturday edition of the 49ers vs. Eagles predictions, scouting reports, bets of the week, keys to the game. Everything that you ever wanted to know and more about this game is going to be taking place today. And we've got a very long episode, as you guys know. This is usually our longest episode of the week because we, we cram pack. It should be probably three episodes separate. Uh, <laughs> that's just not how we do things. So buckle in, sit down. We're going to be going to injury reports, which there's a lot for both teams. Uh, we've got just a lot of stuff to talk about. And the goal here is that we walk away. With a fresh perspective going into Sunday Night Football, baby. We got prime time, a little over 24 hours from when we're recording this live. And the goal is that everybody's going to completely understand what is going on and what to anticipate and to expect in this game. Because it's a crazy game, all right? You're, you're dealing with two teams that are riddled with injuries that have responded in two completely different ways. You're dealing with two teams that were division winners, in 2019 and again expectations through the roof and team split the 49ers have risen above where really they were supposed to be the entire nfl wrote the 49ers off they were done oh so many injuries it's a jv football team all this stuff yeah it doesn't matter you go back you go on the road and you win back-to-back games in the nfl by over 18 points well let's look at what the eagles have done they have struggled they are still winless through three weeks um <laughs> half a game out of first place somehow uh they're in literally the bush league but they're oh two and one Okay, now they tied with the Bengals, who were the first overall pick last year. They're a much better improved team. But they have lost to the Rams and to Washington as well since then. Now, they're not a good team, okay? This is what's important. Now, again, just talking about similarities, you go back towards the start of the year in the offseason. And we go through and you measure teams. This team's good, this team's bad, whatever. The Eagles were a top five depth team in the NFL. But, man, they have lost so many players. So many players. So have the 49ers. But, you know, we played the Jets, who are missing all their wide receivers. And now we're playing the Eagles, who are missing all their wide receivers and more. And it's just, it's comical this year. And it sucks, man. You know, we could sit back from where we are and say, oh, man, look at all these guys that's hurt. It's their career. (laughs) Uh, It's just what it is. It's what it is. And you kind of got to like, all right, this is the NFL. Everybody gets hurt. 
but you still got to play. You got to move on. You can sit there and woe is me, all those things. And I'm a Longhorn fan, so I got plenty to complain about today. But you move forward. And that's what we're going to try to do, and we're going to set this up. So let's deal with the injuries, with what's going on. Shout out to the Countdown crew. I'm seeing everybody. Uh, you know, this is not our normal time, but I always try to reflect kind of game time. Um, you know, we're playing Sunday night football tomorrow night, recording this Saturday evening. It's currently 6 p.m., and I'm seeing Shot J. Uh, he's out uh, working out in the heat and the sweat listening. Appreciate that. Um, love it. Um, love it. Absolutely love it. And, yeah, this has not uploaded on iTunes yet. It will. So just uh, let's hold off on that. It will be uploaded. It usually takes about an hour to get to iTunes after we go live and post it. Sometimes on the weekends it's a little bit slow out there. Um, Nick, we will get to your question. Will the defense finally step up against a mobile quarterback? I've got some film breakdowns I want to be sharing with you that completely explain why the mobile quarterback is such a problem with the 49ers a little bit later. So we're going to hear from Shanahan, George Kittle, Jason Ferret. It's an all-star cast today on the 49ers Rush podcast. So let's jump into it. Here we go. The 49ers, let's deal with us first. The injury situation for the 49ers is not great. Jimmy Garoppolo, starting quarterback, out. Dre Greenlaw, starting sandbacker, should be starting Will Linebacker, but that's okay. We'll deal with that another week. He's out. Raheem Mostert, number one running back, big play extraordinaire and surfer. He's out. Emmanuel Mosley, our undrafted free agent cornerback to Super Bowl starter to, you know, just being one of the better 49ers in our secondary that gives up no yards after the catch. He's out. So that means Jason Verrett and Akella Witherspoon are going to be starting this week. So Top cornerback, out. <laughs> but that's okay. And the way in which Jason Verrett responded last week. Now, he's a defensive player, so he's not going to get near as much publicity as guys like Jordan Reed, Jarek McKinnon, Trent Williams. That's just the way the NFL and the system is. But listen to me whenever I say this. No better candidate in the entire NFL for comeback player of the year than Jason Verrett. And... We had the opportunity, you know, he spoke earlier this week at one of the 49ers press conferences, and I just want I want you to hear his words on what it's like. This guy missed three seasons. He came back for four snaps last year, and it didn't go well. Um, here's Jason Verrett on just what it means being back. And first off, last week was just a blessing, man. It's been a while since I've been out there. Um, had a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, I worked, I worked my tail off to get back out there. Um, but as far as just the 49ers organization, top to bottom, man, just having faith in me. Um, you know, training staff, coaching staff, doing a hell of a job of, you know, making sure my body is right. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm just happy to be out there and look forward for, you know, the rest of the season. The way in which he is able to talk about not only coaches, but the organization, the training staff, everybody. This has been a three-year reclamation project. That's finally starting to pay dividends. We can get pissed off in the offseason about signing all these guys that are injured and, you know, with this history of all these injuries and whatever else. That's fine. But whenever you're a top-tier team and you're up against the salary cap, you don't get to go out and sign the best free agents in the NFL. It just doesn't work that way. Ask the Rams. So what do you have to do? Yeah, you've got to take a long shot. You've got to work on these guys that need a little rehab. But when they start paying dividends like we're seeing right now, the fact that the 49ers are 2-1, and one, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're winning without the top players. You know, to start the season, you know, you rank all 49ers. We're missing seven out of our top ten. 
We're finally getting a couple guys back. And we're 2-1. and one. Being 2-1 is a great place in the NFL for a healthy team, let alone a team that's missing 7 out of 10, their top players. So that's great. Love for Rhett. Can't wait to see him out there. My, my eyes on him as much as possible whenever he's in the frame. You know, it stinks with the broadcast view. It's kind of rough to see, but that's okay. Now, questionable guys. Uh, we do have a couple guys that were moved to IR. Jordan Reed is officially on IR. Um, we also have D Ford on IR as well. That happened uh, just today. So those guys are out minimum three weeks, but both will be longer than that, rest assured. Now, questionable guys this week, K1 Williams, who has just been incredible. We don't have another nickel. I think probably Jimmy Ward would be the next nipples. Nickel. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> don't know what happened there. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the mention. Come on, hit me up. on. You got to make fun of me for that one on the comments. But what they do is they go and they add a key player to the practice squad that's already been elevated for this week. And that's Jamar Taylor. They signed him to our practice squad and then elevated him. And if you remember, Jamar Taylor was huge because he was taking first team reps for three weeks straight during training camp when Kwan Williams went down. So he's a guy that fits our system, knows our system. He wasn't great, but he, again, this is a guy that's going to be backup. Kwan Williams is he's questionable. He's going to play um as barring any hiccups, but if for some reason with his hip and all the kind of things going on, he can't go. You have a backup plan without moving your safeties out of the game. And this is a Kyle Shanahan on Jamar Taylor. I can always play. I feel like I could have played versus the Jets. But that's just me. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, wrong clip. <laughs> don't know what happened there. We will figure that one out. I don't know how that one got switched. But basically what Kyle Shanahan said was, you know, we're familiar with him. We feel comfortable with him. We don't really see Jamar Taylor as an outside corner, even though he could play that way. But what they do see him as is a nickel. Now, if everything goes great for the 49ers, then he doesn't play at all. But you have to have that backup, especially against this team. The Eagles, terrible wide receiver core. Everybody's injured. We'll talk about all their injuries here in a second. We'll talk about their wide receivers here in a second. It's pretty bad. I didn't think there would ever be a team with a worse wide receiver starting core in the NFL than the Jets did in Week 2. But here we are. Uh, the 2020 NFL season, I mean, they are just, good gosh, everybody is out. Um, all across the league. So Jamar Taylor's going to be that parachute, that um, backup, if you will. Um, now, full go, guys. Let's talk happiness. Let's go, baby. Jarek McKinnon, he's back. He's great. So we're going to be running with the exact same running back core that we did in week three that worked very, very well. Now, they struggled on the run, on the rush uh, running game because they were going against a loaded box the entire time, but they were great in pass protection, great out of the backfield, made plays, and we're going to continue to see that. So, Jarek McKinnon's going to get the bulk of the carries and the targets. Bet of the week's going to involve him later on, spoiler alert. Then you've got the guy that just gets first downs and touchdowns, Jeff Wilson Jr., and they've already activated Jamichael Hastings. So, you know, if this game gets a little out of hand, we're going to see some more of him. And he just, gosh, he looks so special. Um, and, again, already activated or elevated Jamar Taylor from the practice squad and Joe Walker because Dre Greenlaw's out. So just that extra linebacker, Aziz will be starting um, in the Sam linebacker spot. He played relatively well last week. He did, he did all right. But those are the guys that are elevated. Now let's talk about them. All right, this is the Eagles. And it changed uh, just today. So out to Sean Jackson. He's not playing. Alshon Jeffrey. He's not playing. They took him off IR this week, and they were hoping he'd be back. Didn't happen. Uh, 
You know, Avante Maddox, he's out. Cornerback, starting corner. Trevor Williams, backup corner, out. Jason Peters, left tackle, out. Um, and then, you know, some of the bigger injuries that you had, Andre Dillard, their first-round left tackle pick last year, uh, he's out. And also Brandon Brooks, who I think is a top-three guard. I think when Brandon Brooks is healthy, he's one of the best, if not the absolute best guard in the entire NFL. And I think you're going to put probably Quentin Nelson, um, you know, Zach Martin from the Cowboys, and Brandon Brooks. I think it's those three guys and everybody else. And whoever you have, number one, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're looking for... Uh, decleating blocks and knocking people off the ground and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you're going to definitely go with Quentin Nelson. But as far as best all-around in mobile offensive guard, I, I think Brandon Brooks, I, I think he's got that. Uh, oh, man, I see Chuck B with us, um, who is, you know, if you've watched the draft special, um, Chuck B uh, hosted that with me. Um, I would not be where I am today without this guy. So hit up. If you don't follow this guy, you got to go follow him. At host Chuck B on Twitter. He is incredible. He is an Eagles fan. Um, he talks more trash than anybody ever, but he's the greatest human being ever. Uh, so go hit him up. Make fun of him. Talk trash. Tell him Chapman sent you. At host Chuck B. He needs all of your Niners uh, trash talk needs to be directed. Let's fill this guy's inbox up. Let's fill up his mentions. Um, again, I can't stress this enough. He's like the original guy that told me to get this started. Um, appreciate his support, but I hope we destroy his team and he cries like a little baby, which he does sometimes from time to time. That's kind of what it is. Now, doubtful, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I think he's going to be out. It might. They might announce that as this podcast is going on, and even if they don't, He's bad. Second round pick from last year, completely washed out. You know, everybody's upset about Dante Pettis. I get it. Um, but it's not just the 49ers that have second round wide receiver busts. Um, JJ is already, he's hitting that point, and it almost seems like it's not going to work out. Um, sad to say. I was pretty high on him, actually. Um, he had some really good film. Now, full go. Fletcher Cox was dealing with the illness. He's full go. Lane Johnson missed week one with an ankle. He got some time off this week. He's full go. And Miles Sanders with his glute, uh, he's full go as well. So there is still a lot of top-tier talent on this team when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. But as far as in the trenches, especially on offense, they're struggling. And out wide, wide receiver and secondary, it's about as bad as it gets. Okay, now the history of this matchup, let's go back all the way to the start. They've played each other a handful of times, okay? Uh, the 49ers lead the series, of course, duh, 19 to 13 and one tie. So we're up six games. Now we have not played them since the 2017 game. Um, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan's first year, and it's probably the worst game. And Kyle Shanahan's entire time here with the 49ers. We lost the game 33-10. to 10. Uh, I think we were 0-7 at that point. That put it 0-8. But the injuries, go back to that game. It was bad. Joe Staley broke his face. <laughs> Pierre Garçon broke his neck in that game. Jimmy Ward broke his uh, forearm. Solomon Thomas sprained his MCL. And it was just, okay, what we have isn't working. It was very clear. We tried to do a lot of patchwork with guys like C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer. We were trying to get Kirk Cousins. But then what happened was we were 0-8, and it was bad. The next day, we go out and trade for Jimmy freaking Garoppolo, handsome uh, himself. Things started to change immediately after that. 
Um, we still lost a couple games. They kept Jimmy on the back, uh, on the bench. Then he wins the last five games. to, And that was the turning point. Uh, you, you hit the valley, you lose, and then things started to bounce up. Things started to change. Okay, And that was awesome. So the whole idea is this. And even though Jimmy's not playing this week, it doesn't really matter because the system and the culture has changed. Everybody is bought in, and it doesn't matter that you're living, losing 7 out of 10 of your top players because the system works. You have Kyle Shanahan. You have John Lynch. You have these guys that have completely bought in, and everything is working. And so what you do is you just move on. You keep going. And so not that you want to you know, cause injuries. There's no Greg Williams here. There's no crappy fans here. That's not what we have. But what you want to do is you want to go out and let the world know, including the Eagles, this is not who we are. Um, and so I'm excited to just show the Eagles how things have changed. Um, pretty excited about that. I love it. Yeah, hashtag next nipple up. There we go. Uh, I need to make that a t-shirt. Now let's go over the defense. Let's spend some time just talking about the Eagles defense, what they do well, what they do poor, schemes, tendencies, blitz numbers, all those different things. So we know exactly what Nick Mullins um, in his second career, uh, you know, second consecutive start, what that's going to look like. So strengths. The Eagles defense does a lot of things well. Yeah, they're hurt. Yeah, you could torch them through the air, but they're still really good at a lot of things. Number one, okay, they're fourth in the NFL in yards per rush attempt, 3.4 yards uh, per rush. You can't run it up the middle against them. They have two of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, and Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox. I should have went Fletcher Cox first. He's definitely better, but he, he struggled. He hasn't had the all-pro type of year yet, you know, a month into the season, but still elite. Uh, linebackers don't miss – don't miss their tackles. They really, really don't. Fifth, um, fewest total yards allowed. Um, fifth, third down percentage, only 35%. Seventh in passing yards allowed and ninth in rush yards allowed. So a lot of top 10 ranks on that defense. And so you hear those numbers and you're like, this is not a winless team. Well, once we get to the offense, it's going to kind of make sense. Because the turnovers and not sustaining drives and negative <laughs> negative drives where you lose yards <laughs> through the course of an entire offensive drives, that's where it gets bad because you put so much pressure on your defense because they're playing against short fields because of all the interceptions, because of the turnovers, because of the turnover on downs and all those things. So the defense is, it's not suspect. It really, really isn't. It's a quality unit. Now, if we look at the weaknesses and where they kind of you know, don't do well. They don't force turnovers, which this is a Jim Swartz defense, which is predicated on disruption up front with the front four. They run a traditional 4-3. And then opportunistic play on the back end, getting interceptions. Well, one of those things has happened. They're getting pressure with the front four. They're getting disruption with Brandon Graham. Uh, you know, these guys up front, they just don't have the depth to sustain the pass rush. 49ers fans know a lot about that. And they're not making plays on the back end. So they're 31st in the NFL in total turnovers. They forced one fumble through three games. They played some very, very bad teams. Very bad teams. The Rams, we know they suck. Uh, that made me feel good to say that. Uh, but the Washington Football Club, who doesn't even have a mascot or a quarterback. And also, the number one team, this uh, worst team in the NFL last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. You forced one turnover against those three teams? 
Hmm. Nick Mullins is smiling. 27th in rush attempts. Teams get up. They run the ball on them. 23rd in total points allowed, 87 points. So they're giving up 29 points per game um, against very bad offenses. And 21st in first downs allowed, 20th in rush touchdowns allowed. So up front, their defensive philosophy kind of works. They run a 4-3, and they like to do cover three. That's what they want to do. But they get out of it really, really quick. They'll do a lot of cover one with just a single high safety, and they'll do man coverage underneath. But it's very predictable. Uh, You know, just watching through two different game films, their last two games, they like to move a little bit before the snap to confuse you, but it, they get messed up with coverage. Or with um, I'm sorry, not with coverage, but they get messed up with the motions. Well, guess who you're playing against? You're playing against the team that motions the most pre-snap of any team in the past decade. It's Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> They're going to be moving all over the place. It's just what it is. Again, they do like to do a lot of man coverage on short yardage downs, and they'll 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 press, but they don't press right. They'll get up in your face, but it, they're not getting their hands on you. It's much more of a mirror and match or a bell technique usually in their man, um, and they're not bad, especially with Darius Slay. Again, you you step back and you start mentioning these names: Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, Brandon Graham, Malik Jackson. You're just like, ooh, that's a lot of top tier talent. You're right. But after you get past those guys, it's just a bunch of jags. You know that's what we call him. He's a jack, uh, coach. What's a jack? Just a guy. So you you've got your ace players that I just mentioned, and then you got a bunch of jags. Uh, they're just guys. They're just a guy. You throw them out there, they're okay. They're they're not, they're not going to get you know you what you want, but they're not going to ruin the game for you either. So that's what they do. They do like to do some cover two man, but usually if you see two high safeties, get ready for a blitz and a robber situation. Again, you know, back-to-back week weeks against teams that don't run cover two, meaning two high safeties where they split the deep middle of the uh, deep middle of the field. Th- that's not their like primary package, but every single team in the NFL does some variation of it, including the 49ers. But Whenever they show cover two, it's usually not. Um, I think I counted four straight plays um, when they went tried to look cover two, where they motion, where they robbed down on it, where they look like they have two free uh, high safeties. One shoots down and it goes to a cover one, or they'll stay here and they'll blitz and they'll do basically a hot route um, or a jump route on the tight end or the slot guy from where they're blitzing the nickel. So uh, we'll have to see what happens with that, but. Motion's going to help set that up. Delayed snaps will help set that up and expose what they're going into. And, you know, if we if we can say anything from Nick Mullins, he's played the last two weeks, only one start, but he came in at halftime in week two, dominated week three. The guy knows where to go with the football. He understands what's going on. Um, he doesn't have the physical body type to laser it around there, but he beats everybody with his awareness, his anticipation, and his understanding of where the holes in the defense are. So uh, very, very curious to see how this is going to play out because they're going to try to trick Nick Mullins, and they're going to try to hit him in the mouth straight up the A-gaps with their defensive tackles. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. Now, tendencies, they do not blitz. They're one of the fewest blitzing teams ever. So if we just look, now last week versus the Bengals, they had to manufacture pass rush because they just weren't getting to the quarterback, so they blitzed 14 times. But if you look at weeks um, one and two, they only blitzed five times against Washington, four times against the Rams. So again, it's Jim Swartz. 
his entire thing is we're going to get pressure with four, which means we're going to have seven in coverage. Okay, pressure with four, seven in coverage. That's the idea. Now their nickelback always seems to be in man. You know, you look for Debo and Ayuk to do a lot of jet sweeps from the slot if they're going to try to do that. And so, again, I told you I really don't like the way they do motion. I don't like it, but or, or the way that they do their coverages and how they disguise things, they just don't do very well. So motion's good. Their slot corner is going to run five miles. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, Sunday night. So hopefully he's getting some fluids because he's going to get worked. I'm just telling you right now. Now players to watch out for. We've already mentioned most of them. Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, uh, Darius Slay, all those things. If the 49ers lose this game, which I don't think they will, I actually think they're going to handle the Eagles relatively easily. But if they lose this game, it's because of a gap pressure and um, you're just knocking the crap out of our quarterback. That's the only way. Now, the 49ers are very susceptible to interior pressure. We have been for years since Kyle Shanahan showed up, to be honest with you. He does not value guard play. It's just not important to him. So we need... This is the matchup, okay? It's not Debo, who's back. We'll talk more about Debo in a little bit once we get to our prediction. It's not even George Kittle, who's the best tight end in the game. He's going to have a tremendous matchup. It's not that. That's not what it is. It's not Brandon Ayuk. It's our interior. It's our Lakin Tomlinson. It's Garland. And it's going to be Brunskill. That's it. If the interior offensive line guys can be successful and not get run over, the 49ers win this game. Now, if they are losing that battle, you got to move the pocket. Now, Mullins is pretty damn good outside of the pocket, but you got to jet sweep. You got to roll out. You got to play action roll out. You got to do all those things. You got to move. Darius Slay, really good. Uh, he's only been targeted 16 times this year so far. Zero touchdowns allowed. One pass breakout. He's allowing eight yards per reception. Um, he's dangerous. Uh, they, they call him big play Slay for a reason. And, you know, the Eagles went out and got him thinking they were a contender. Well, it turns out, not really a contender so far. Uh, they're hoping those things change this week against a beat-up 49ers team. I don't think it's going to happen. Players to exploit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, there's a lot of guys you go on and on here. But the one that stands out the most is the linebacker who's been filling in, Nathan Gary. Uh, is it Jerry? It's G-E-R-R-Y. That's Gary. Yeah, just yuck. It just sounds yuck, first off. That's a first name for a last name. Not cool. Um, he's allowed 13 receptions on 13 targets to tight ends this year. 13 for 13. Good job. Those are good odds. 158 yards, two touchdowns, a 156.9 passer rating to tight ends. Are you kidding me? Who's he got this week? George Kittle, who could have played last week? Ah, you got to be kidding me, man gotta be kidding me now let's hear from george kittle himself hopefully i got this clip right <laughs> cross my fingers here's george kittle i can always play i feel like i could have played versus the jets but that's just me um i think a lot of a couple things went into me not playing and you know just a conversation with coach shanahan and we disagreed it wasn't just the best decision i wasn't all the way back yet and there's it's a long season i, I think if it would have been later in the season i would have definitely gone and um but, hey, now, now I'm here, and I get to play on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And then uh, what, what was your second question? Sorry. Getting Debo back? Oh, just I'm, I'm so excited. Um, <clears throat> I love Debo. He, um, the way he plays, um, I think we play very similar when we get the ball in our hands. It's just fun to, you know, be out there on the field with someone like that. And, you know, with him back, too, it just 
it's going to elevate the play of our wide receiver room, and they're playing at a high level already. And so when you bring Debo back in that mix, it's just going to be exciting to watch them groove together. And you know, from their dances to their celebrations to the excitement that they bring, um, they're, they're going to be on one, and I'm just looking forward to it. And, and here's the thing with Kittle and Debo that's so amazing. It's not even that their stat line has to be great, because it doesn't. If you look at the 49ers weeks one, two, and three, eight-man box, nine-man box, 10-man box, not even exaggerating, 10-man box, and still running the ball somewhat effectively. Now you bring in Kittle, which he's going to draw double teams anytime he's in there. He could have played last week. Smart to hold him out. Now he's back. You got Kittle's going to play full speed no matter what. Now you got Debo. How the hell are you going to do a nine- and ten-man box with George Kittle and Debo, and now Brandon Ayuk, who's coming off, guess what? Pepsi Rookie of the Week for the NFL. You can't do it. So even if the stat line for Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk isn't incredible, which I don't think it's going to be this week, you just made the run game so much better because those guys have to stay out of the box. Their priority can't be stopped to run anymore when you've got Debo out there, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. It just relaxes everything. It's just calm. And so Nick Mullins doesn't have to go out there and be the savior that he was last week and convert all these third and long second downs. And all. He doesn't have to do that. The running game's going to pick up now. And if you do load the box, awesome. Stop the run game. I pray that the Eagles try to load the box and just say, you know what? We're just going to stop the run and make this backup quarterback beat us. Well, guess what? Now he's got weapons. And if that's the case, that's fine. We might hit a three and out to start the game first and second drive. That's okay. But the big plays are going to be crazy if they try to load the box with these weapons. Because it's not Roz Dwelly that's being, you know, drifted out into the flats, even though that might happen because he's tied in two now. It's George Kittle. You got to account for that guy. So, it, it, again, don't focus so much. And this is a big problem just with fans of football in general. Oh, well, how many sacks did he have? How many touchdowns? Oh, he's sorry. No, no, no. We're not those fans. <laughs> That's not who we are. You are the most educated fans in football. I, I don't, even if I'm not saying that about my podcast, I'm just talking about 49ers podcasts in general. There's so, there's a wealth of information to understand the ins and outs of football. And it's not just me. Hopefully I contribute to that. But there's so many people out there explaining things and breaking things down for the 49ers that, good gosh, we are, we're in another level, okay? It's just what it is. We have, we have the best represented fan base whenever you look at podcasts across the NFL, and it's not close. It's not close. I've been on most of the pods. There's some smart as hell people out there. All right, let's transition now. Let's talk some offense. Oh, man, it's bad. <laughs> okay, the Eagles offense is atrocious. It's scary. It's Halloween season. It's spooky season, and man, Carson Wentz is seeing ghosts everywhere. The number one thing you look for whenever you're judging quarterbacks, and this goes back to Bill Walsh, pocket awareness. Okay, you could be accurate. That's great. You'd have the strongest arm ever. You'd be a mobile quarterback. You'd do all those things. But if you get scared when things are cr crashing around you, you're done. Okay, now how do you measure that? It's the eyes, baby. The eyes never lie. And so whenever you drop back in your pass, I'm going to act like I'm a quarterback. I did take one snap in my entire football career at quarterback. It was awesome. It was my sophomore year. We both my – I'm on a tangent. I don't care. We're doing this. It's Saturday night. Let's enjoy this. Uh, sophomore year, the starting quarterback separates his shoulder. 
The backup quarterback goes in to replace him, uh, gets his ankle rolled. Uh, I was playing fullback at the time, and <laughs> we had to take you know an injury timeout. We get him off the field. The ref says, "Who's your quarterback?" And coach looks around. We were getting destroyed. We were terrible. I raised my hand. I was like, "I got a coach." And he's like, "All right, let's do it." And so they put the fullback in at quarterback. I executed the perfect toss play ever. It was amazing. Um, and then the other backup quarterback, his ankle got better all of a sudden. Who knows? I would have probably been in the NFL if it wasn't for that. But he came back. Nobody wants to draft a uh, <laughs> five foot eleven, two hundred twenty pound fullback that runs a four nine on a good day. So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. I was going to go famous, but back to this idea. Quarterback, you can't drop your eyes. When pressure's in your face and everybody, the blitz is coming. You have to look downfield and feel, you have to feel the pressure. That's just what it is. It's a natural feel. And Nick Mullins talked about this a lot. But whenever you have to look and you look down, whenever you take your eyes off downfield and you look down to see where the defensive linemen are, you're done. You're done. You can't do that. Uh, Carson started doing that in week two. Um, he did it in week three. And you can see it in the coaching film. It's scary. Uh, you can't do that because as soon as your eyes drop, now you only have one option, and that's escaping the pocket and running for a first down. You can't see your wide receivers if you're not looking up. Um, so strengths, there's not much there. Their best statistical category is ninth best in the NFL on third downs, 46%. That's relatively good. Small sample size through three weeks, but that's pretty good. They don't have another ranking in the top 14 in 20 offensive statistical categories. Now let's go through the bad. I'm going to go kind of quick here because it's pretty gross. Dead last in the NFL to 32 teams in turnovers. They have eight offensive turnovers, six interceptions. 32nd in the NFL in yards per pass, 4.6 yards per pass. And this is a big problem that... You know, you could talk about how bad Carson Wentz is. You got to talk about how bad their head coach is, Doug Peterson. They're throwing the ball way too damn much. Carson Wentz has over 40 pass attempts in three weeks, and they're all relatively close games. Um, you can't do that. You got to stay with the run. You got to. Now, the problem is the scheme. I'm jumping ahead here. It's it's a version of Andy Reid's offense, right? Um, it, it's not a power run game. It's a shifty Brian Westbrook, Miles Sanders, I'm going to make one miss in open space and then get there. Well, nobody's trusting your wide receivers, so you're going against loaded boxes. So that doesn't really work because the only way this space run game, this spread run game works is if you get your running back who's a freak athlete, which Miles Sanders is, in space. <laughs> but there's no space because everybody's up on the line of scrimmage because you don't have to trust the the passing game because it's so bad 4.6 yards per uh pass attempt you're supposed to get that in the running game they're second to the last in the nfl in the passing game ah it's bad um 28th fourth down conversion rate they're 0 for 3 have not converted a fourth down successfully 27th in points 59 points a game so they're averaging right at 20 points a game um, 26th in passing touchdowns only have three even though you have six interceptions you know again metric four quarterbacks you want a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's doing it backwards. <laughs> he's got a <laughs> he's got a two-to-one interception-to-touchdown ratio. Not what you want. I'm laughing. I like Carson Wentz, uh, but I hope he sucks this week. 24th in total yards, only a thousand yards. So there's just so much bad here. Now their scheme is, and this is where it gets worse. We haven't seen them at their worst. Why? 
The Eagles run the most 12 personnel in the entire NFL. The most. As one running back, two tight ends. They have two of the best tight ends in the NFL. Two of the best. George Kittle's the best. Two of the best, right? Uh, Zach Ertz, one of the greatest receiving tight ends of all time, let alone in the NFL now. But Dallas Goddard, I got a lot of flack earlier this year whenever the NFL 100 came out and I released like all my rankings for each position. I had Dallas Goddard rated ahead of Zach Ertz. Now, receiving, yeah, I get it. Zach Ertz is better. But all-around tight end, I, I really do think that Dallas Goddard is a top three tight end in the NFL. I really do believe that. I have him ahead of Mark Andrews. I have him ahead, again, ahead of Zach Ertz because Dallas Goddard is... You know, George Kittle-esque, where you can use him as a tackle. He's exceptional. He's not playing. He's out. So the package that this horrible team uses successfully, they can't do it. They can't do it. So this is problematic for them. And so, again, you know, you look at what they do have. The only offensive weapon from a receiving standpoint, I guess you could talk about their running back, Miles Sanders, it's Zach Ertz. And let's hear linebacker one himself, Fred Warner, talk about what it's going to be like going against Zach Ertz this week. I mean, I guess anytime you're going up against a talented player, tight end, running back, whoever it is, you want to make sure you're you're on top of your stuff. So, uh, you know, you're winning your one-on-one battles. And like you said, uh, Ertz is an outstanding player in this league, and he has been for a long time. The, the things that he's able to do, uh, you know, all in the route tree and running his routes, catching the football, and and what he does with it uh, in his hands after the fact is is impressive. So we're going to have to make sure we uh, know where he's at at all times and are on top of our stuff. And, and I'll say this. This game wouldn't match up well for Zach Ertz, even if Dallas Goddard were healthy, even if the wide receivers on the outside were healthy, even if Jalen Rager, their first-round wide receiver, is healthy. It, it wouldn't help because he's got the toughest matchup of his entire the entire year. You're going to be going up against the two most athletic coverage linebackers in the NFL. And, you know, Quan's been bad, right, in the run game and over-pursuing things and whatever. We'll watch a film clip of it here in a little bit. But he's been really good in pass. I mean, he's been great. <laughs> Fred Warner's been the best. So he's going to have a tough matchup. Well, you want to bring our safeties into it? Awesome. <laughs> you know, you're talking about Jimmy Ward being one of the best. Chikwaski Tart's coming off two of his best games of his entire career. Now, not stat sheet-wise, but he seems to have eliminated Chikwaski Tart, I'm talking about, negative plays. He's he's in the positive column more often than he's ever been in his career. So that section of the 49ers defense is lights out. Now, you want to talk about cornerbacks and all the injuries? Yeah, for sure, there's an issue there. You want to talk about edge players and all the injuries? Yeah, there's an issue there. But linebackers and safeties, man, who who remembers this? When safety play <laughs> was the steady continuum kind of holding the defense together, uh, that's where we're at. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. It's We have come a long way. Now, back to the scheme for the Eagles. Again, no power running. They don't really do that well. It's much more of a base or zone block. Like the 49ers want to stretch the edges. That's not what the Eagles want to do. They want to stretch the line by base blocking and just creating wide holes and then allow the running back to not again, it's not outside zone, but to find his own gaps. They want to run it up the middle, but they want to stretch it out out wide. That only works whenever you have a pass game to where you have to back up. 
You can't do that against a seven and eight man box. Um, now, I don't think the 49ers are going to stay in a four three traditional base set. Um, I think we'll see a lot of nickel packages. But again, like we saw the last two weeks, that nickel is screaming. And they're coming into the box. They're not lined up in the box. They're screaming down at the snap. Jaquaski Tart, not lined up in the box, screaming down. Jimmy Ward, not lined up in the box, screaming down. And so who's going to be the one that's coming in to be that seventh guy in the box? Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Usually it's going to be the nickel, but with K1 Williams kind of hurt, could be anybody. Um so pay attention to that. Excited about that. Now, tendencies, they'll throw into coverage. There is no coverage, no coverage that Carson Wentz doesn't think he can throw into. And he's right. He really, really is. If you just put together a montage of the positive plays that Carson Wentz has made this year, you'd be like, oh, my God, who is this guy? He's an MVP candidate. The problem is you'd also have to put a, together a montage of those same plays that went poorly. Because he will leave it all out on the field. You're talking Doug Flutie-esque mentality and just laying it out there. He's going to jump sideways as he's getting hit by the blitz and try to rocket laser, you know, a pass 20 yards opposite the field. He's going to make those dumb choices. And there's going to be three or four of the plays this game where you're just like, oh my God, how do you do that? But then there's going to be three or four of the games where you're like, what an idiot. Um, and that's just who it is. Yeah, huge home run plays. He chunks it deep all the time. 16 deep passes attempted through three games. He's chunking the rock, man, but he's only completed five. One touchdown and one interception whenever throwing the ball 20 yards or more downfield. So he's going to test our safeties, who haven't been tested in two weeks, but you did play against the Jets and the Giants. They'll be tested this week. They're going to air it out. Um, you just got to get there. Um, they love to run draw plays, uh, delays off the right side, A-gap and B-gap. That's their sweet spot. Jason Kelsey is a great center. He's old, but again, probably one of the best move centers in the NFL, maybe NFL history. The dude's so athletic. Um, you know, 25 of 79 of the rush attempts on the year have been through the right A and B-gap. That's their sweet spot. That's where they want to go. Players to watch out for, Lane Johnson. Best right tackle in football. I don't think there's really a lot of debate on there. Maybe you could add in Mitchell Schwartz, uh, but he's had a bad 2020 so far. Lane Johnson's incredible. Uh, he's, again, athletic. You're talking about a guy, I remember, I, I think I'm correct, 47740 um, at tackle. The dude can move. Miles Sanders, if he had space, he's incredible. Um Whenever it's all said and done, Miles Sanders is going to be a top five running back in this league. He fits the system to a T. They just don't have the talent on the outside or at the quarterback or the offensive line to create the space that he needs to be successful. Uh, Miles Sanders is a good damn football player. Jason Kelsey just talked about. He's incredible. One of the matchups I'm excited to watch, you know, and thankfully in the broadcast view, we're going to get to see this perfectly. The center against Javon Kinlaw. You know, Javon Kinlaw usually is at the three technique, but he does some two Y and some one where he lines up on the center. Watch Javon Kinlaw 99 versus their center. That's going to be fun because you have these two opposing kind of ideologies of a player. You have Jason Kelsey, who's very stout, but that's not what he's known for. He's a move guy. He gets great in space and great in pass pro. Now you're going up against a young bull, right? It's old school versus new school. I'm so I'm excited about this. Uh, going to be a fun matchup. Now, one of the best press conference moments of the entire year took place this week, and it happened with our rookie first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw. They asked him about his very first primetime game 
um, and how excited he is. Here's what Javon Kinlaw had to say. I mean, see that? See, that's the thing. I'm not excited when I play. I'm more. I'm. I'm very angry when I play. So it's not excitement for me. Um, all every game is the same. No matter who's the opponent, we look at them all the same. Um, of course, I'm looking forward to getting out there for another opportunity to showcase what I can do. I'm not excited. I'm angry. Oh, and you see, he, to say that you're angry and have that smile on your face is creepy as hell. And then you add into the fact, well, yeah, he's a 330-pound behemoth. You look at him just sitting there in a T-shirt, and you're like, that guy doesn't weigh 330 pounds. Uh, there's no fat on his body at all. He's so large. So to have this mentality, it, you know, a couple other questions were posed as well. I won't play the clips. They asked how he's done this far, and he said, not good. He's harsh. He's hard on himself. He is not happy with the way he's played. Now, his play isn't consistent yet. He's a rookie. Of course it's not. But, man, he, he's, he's made as many plays on the defensive line as anybody besides probably Kerry Hyder and Eric Armstead. Outside of that, he's, he's far elevated and playing way better than DJ Jones so far through three weeks. Now, not a knock on DJ Jones. I'm just saying if we look at the metric, right, if, if we're, we're holding these players accountable to themselves, it's Kerry Hyder, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and then everybody else. That's just what it is. So you're excited for the way in which he responded. You love the way he kind of set the tone there and just talked about being angry. And, man, I, I want the world to see how great this guy is. And when we get kid commentators, hashtag we're not this week, uh, Sunday night football. I don't want to be a jerk, but it's what it is. Um, focusing on interior defense and offensive line play, man, it's awesome. Uh, we're going to get to see a lot of good things, but uh, it's it's what it is. So if you're part of the Patreon package, which I'm going to show you a clip here in a second, we're going to get to see that. Now let's talk about players to exploit on the Eagles offense because I think there's a lot. The offensive line is trash, okay? They've got two really good starters, Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, but Jason Kelsey's very, very old. Left tackles Jordan Maialata. I think I said that correct. 20 snaps in his three-year career. He's a seventh-round pick. He's a backup. And the Eagles have no faith in this kid. Here's how we know that. Andre Dillard goes down. He or, uh, Before that, sorry. Let, let's step back just a second longer, okay? Brandon Brooks goes down with an injury. They allow Jason Peters to walk, and they say, thank you, we appreciate your time here. Jason Peters is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, doing what he did as an unrestricted or undrafted free agent is incredible. One of the most athletic left tackles in the history of the NFL. But that was a long time ago. Okay. What is he? 36, 37 now? Whatever. So they let him walk out the door. We're fine. We've got the O line we want. We're replacing. We're bringing youth. Brandon Brooks goes down their left, their all pro left guard. So they say, all right, Jason Peters, we need you to come back. They sign him. Then left tackle Andre Dillard goes down. They say, all right, Jason, we want you to move to left tackle because we don't trust this guy, Jordan Maialata. And Jason Peter says, nope. <laughs> you want me to play left tackle? You pay me left tackle money. They have to bump up his, his thing. Then he gets injured. Now he's on IR. So the Eagles have gone out of their way to make sure this guy is not their starting left tackle. Now, he's only got 20 snaps to his name in three years. So who knows? He's a huge question mark, but there's not a lot there. Nate Herbig, their left guard, again, not a lot there. Matt Pryor, their right guard, same thing. So you're going to be able to get pressure. You're going to be able to limit the run game. 
You can't let him get into space. Carson Wentz, we've talked a lot about him. When he gets behind, Carson Wentz is a front runner, and he's a gamer. And here's what I mean by that. When there's an opportunity to make it a game, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Or he's going to get close to it at least. When he's behind and he feels like he has to even overcompensate, oh my God, turnover city. I think Carson Wentz is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL when he's trailing. Um, he needs to be in close games, one possession games to be successful. So the 49ers, what do you got to do? You got to get him out of those situations. You got to make him try to overcome. And you got to blitz him with four, okay? Do not blitz this quarterback. You go back and you look at him through three weeks. He's thrown six interceptions. Five out of six of those interceptions were against no blitz. Get pressure with four. And really, a lot of his interceptions aren't whenever you're getting pressure with four even. It's when he sits back and he's going through his reads and he can't figure out who to throw it to. And you're past four to five seconds and then he chunks it. That's what you got to do. Now, you cannot let Carson Wentz run, and this is the biggest Achilles heel of the 49ers. So here we go. I'm going to play you a clip now from last week's uh, Patreon breakdown where we go through every film. If you haven't joined us there, come on, man. Uh, go to patreon.com. Look up 49ers Rush Podcast. This is what you'll see. I think we had two and a half hours of breakdowns this week just on week three games. So I'm going to play this clip for you. It's two minutes long, but it's going to show you everything. Now, if you're not li if you're not watching on YouTube, that's okay. Pay attention to the, the cues, and I'm going to try to diagnose this as best I can audibly. So it's okay if you don't have YouTube or if you're not watching the video. That's okay. Uh, I think it's going to help you make sense and just walk you through the defensive integrity or lack thereof against mobile quarterbacks. Here we go. And our defensive end is going to crash, okay, which we teach. Uh, we have a call to call off that, but that's not our base. Okay, I got into an argument on Twitter about this play. That's okay. He's got to turn and get underneath this. The linebacker's job is to make underneath right at all times. He's got to peel. This is a simple gap exchange. I think we'll see it better from the other angle, actually. So you're going to see here. Here's the gap. You can see where Quan Alexander's lined up. This is his gap. He's outside. However, it's called a gap exchange. Very, very simple. When he crashes, the gaps change, okay? So whenever the play happens and he crashes, you can see how it naturally flies, okay? So they're going to exchange. He takes the inside dive. Quan replaces over the top. And then again with the safety play, he's going to make the linebacker right. Linebacker makes the defensive lineman right. Safety makes the linebacker right. You have to correct them because, again, he can see what's happening just like he can see what's happening. So now if Quan was responsible for the dive here, he would be mirroring the running back. But you can tell he does not do that. Uh, he reads the block and fits outside. So no way in the world Quan is responsible for this dive. That makes him responsible for outside contain on his own read. This is a very simple play. However, Quan steps correctly and then over pursues as he always does. Steps correctly, just stay outside, you win. But instead, he's going to bite on the fake. Takes himself out of the play. Now he can't get there. Your safety, same thing. So, you know, there, there's people out there talking about how this is on Deion Jones. It's not. You can tell by the first step here. Quan's got to stay outside. Um, this is the same damn play the 49ers have not been able to defend ever. Um, they're very, very simple. But for Robert Sala in this defense, they struggle with it more than any team in the NFL. And that's whenever he gets concussion.
so we lost our starting corner because Quan can't play outside. Uh, friendly fire. You know, you love Chukwaski Tart coming over and running full speed and bringing the pain, but uh, you knocked out your own dude. Yeah, and so hopefully you kind of saw the visualization of that. It just very simple. So the 49ers, and, you know, we're going to talk about this, but let's just, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. Let's jump ahead. How do the 49ers lose this game against the Eagles? Okay, it's very, very simple. There's th three simple things you can look at, okay? Number one, the defensive line, interior defensive line of the Eagles, has their way with our interior offensive line, which we already talked about. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, go ham. That, that's it. That's number one. Number two, you allow Carson Wentz to be a running back. Don't let him do it, okay? If he wants to run it, that's fine. Hit him and keep your contain, okay? That's that's huge. Carson Wentz is a very mobile quarterback. A lot of people don't give him credit for this. He was the leading rusher for the Eagles in week three. Yeah, like 60 yards rushing, I think. 50 or 60 yards. Like, he can move the chains. Now, he's not Lamar Jack. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Jackson or any of those things, but he is mobile. So you have to sit at home. They're not going to beat you running the ball up the middle with Miles Sanders. That's not his game. And they're not going to get the space to create the giant explosive plays they want to. But if you allow them to elongate drives on third down by that stupid zone read play, which they will run, then you're in trouble. Number one, their defensive interior goes ham. Number two, we allow Carson Wentz to look like a freaking mobile quarterback and get first downs. And I'm going to say number three. Eh, I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save number three. I'm going to save it. All right, now, um, we can't move on past the Eagles offense if we don't talk about how bad their wide receivers are. Okay, They go out and spend a first-round pick. 
on Jalen Rager, who I'm super high on. I actually think this kid's going to pan out and be a very good wide receiver um, out of TCU, first-round pick. Um, Alshon Jeffrey can't go. Deshaun Jackson can't go. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside can't go. So their top four wide receivers are out for this game. We know what that's like, so no sympathy here. But listen to the wide receivers that they have to play with. They only have four active wide receivers currently. They might elevate somebody from the practice squad, but these are the four that we know of. Greg Ward, quarterback <laughs> out of Houston. Uh, but he is, I'm not trying to downplay Greg Ward. I actually really respect this guy's game. He's a 5'10", underside, size wide receiver that should be a slot guy, but they're having to use him as an outside wide receiver. And he's just, he's a better football player than he is wide receiver. Uh, he's just an athlete that works so damn hard. So he has 42 catches in his career. Deontay Burnett, 15 catches in his career. John Hightower, three catches in his career, and Quez Watkins, zero catches in his career. That's the entire wide receiver core of the Eagles going against the 49ers. So, yeah, we're out our top two cornerbacks with Richard Sherman and Emmanuel Mosley. But guess what? We're just fine. Just fine on the outside, and that's even with the Kello. Now, number 27 might get some snaps for us. I don't want to see that, uh, especially against a savvy player kind of like Greg Ward. Um, that's just got penalty written all over it. But the wide receivers are bad. Very, very, very bad. Now, let's talk Vegas lines. Let's get into our bets of the week. Then we're going to talk our predictions and keys to the game. Uh, throw in some questions there. So, appreciate all the questions. Uh, appreciate it. This is your first time listening to us or watching us, hit subscribe, hit that like button, help us out. We're 49ers Rush, wherever you listen to podcasts, watch podcasts, whatever. We're everywhere, and we will be going live immediately after the game, after Kyle Shanahan's press conference um, Sunday night. So it's going to be a late night, especially for somebody that wakes up about 4.30 every single morning. That's okay. We're going to be going. All right, Vegas lines in this game. 49ers are plus 7.5. Um, the number just keeps ticking up for the 49ers. It was six, then six and a half, then seven, now seven and a half. Could go up to eight tomorrow. I doubt it. Uh, over under is 45. So the 49ers are expected to win, and rightfully so. Now let's talk about our my bookie bet of the week. If you haven't bet with us yet, we are plus 52 on the season. Uh, we're up 52 bucks. What kind of podcast do you listen to that makes you money? That's what we do. Uh, head over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. Double your initial deposit. I got three bets for you this week. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, one of them I created. So here we go. The first one I created, and this is our safe bet. So if you're one of the people that's like, eh, I don't like to lose money. I want to bet small, whatever else. Here we go. This is our safe bet. This is your entry uh, bet of the week. Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, this is tiny. I made this bet. I created this bet for you guys. Jarek McKinnon to have more than 12 yards receiving. Look at that. Now, it doesn't have a huge payday because it's going to happen. You bet 10 to win 13. Um, again, if you're one of those people that don't like to gamble, you can bet five bucks. So here's what you do. You go to mybookie.he, click on NFL. You're going to go to the 49ers game, click on the props, and it's going to open a whole screen. Okay. Then you just go to receiving yard props. You'll see the Jarek McKinnon one. You can click on it and adjust how many receiving yards you're going to have to adjust out um, the payout. I went with 12 because I just want an easy, nice, chill one that everybody can get on. Uh, Jarek McKinnon to have 12 receiving yards, bet 10 to win 13. Medium, here we go. Did you know Nick Mullins has the third most passing yards in the history of the NFL after eight career, or after, yeah, nine starts. I think that's what it is. Nine starts in the NFL. Third most. Third most. 
Third, I think it's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the only quarterbacks in NFL history with more passing yards. Well, guess what? You're playing up against a banged-up secondary. You're getting Kittle back. You're getting Debo back. We already know he works very, very well with Ayuk. And, oh, remember, guess what? George Kittle broke the all-time receiving yards record, not with Jimmy G, with Nick Mullins. Okay? Yards, that's Nick Mullins' game. He's so efficient on second down, he just moves the chains. It's just what it is. Not one punt. Not one punt in week three for the 49ers offense. It is going to continue. I think there will be a punt or two. But the, yard, the, yards, the yards are going to be there. So my second bet is Nick Mullins to have over 265.5 passing yards. Bet 10 to win 19. Okay? So, again, Nick Mullins over 265 pass yards. He had 340 last week. Um, I think they're going to throw the ball again. I think they're going to have room. Bet 10 to win 19 on that one. And my two-team teaser... Okay, our teaser basically is a plus six. Okay, so for example, I'm taking the 49ers. They're minus seven and a half. So the 49ers have to win by seven and a half points to cover if you just take them with the spread. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bet against Vegas. I want to bet with Vegas. That's why I do spreads. You get six points. So the 49ers just have to win minus one and a half. So if the 49ers win by two or more points, we're good there. And the second team is the Vikings plus 10. Okay, so the Vikings are four-point underdogs against the Texans. I'm getting an extra six points. So Vikings just don't have to lose by more than 10 versus the Texans. Um, I like that. That's bet 10 to win 18. So head over to mybookie.ag, bet with us. Again, we're up plus 52. We're making money. We're having fun. Let's keep it going, baby. Um, real quick, let's get to just a couple questions before we get to our predictions. I know we're going long today, but, man, We've got 49ers rush. We got 49ers football tomorrow, prime time. We've got to know this. We've got to know what's going on. We got to get everything off our chest. We got to talk about this stuff. Um, so here we go. Will Kyle scheme protections to neutralize Philly's pass rush for Mullins? No. And you're going to get one or two plays that are quick on the first drive. Kyle Shanahan's one of the best scripters of pass plays. He's got a you know, 10, 15, 20-play script that he usually rolls with. He changes it up. He's great. You're going to get lateral movement. We're going to get a jet sweep. We're going to get play action pass, bootleg. We're going to set those things up. But Kyle likes to see what his guys can do and give them the opportunity to prove that they can hold their own. So we're going to see. How Lakin Tomlinson, Garland, and Brunskill can handle the interior side of the Philly defense. So we're going to see right off the bat. Now, if it does not work, then yes. You're talking empty sets, quick passing. You're talking, again, <laughs> end of rounds, um, screens, things like that. That's how you neutralize interior pass rush. You make them run laterally instead of vertically. That's what they want to do. Uh, do I anticipate much production with Ansa? You know, I think Deion Jordan seems to be the guy there. They're kind of rotating. Um, but, yeah, on, anybody can have success against this defensive line. Now, if you're coming off the defensive left side, which Eric Armstead's going to be, that's best on best. Eric Armstead versus Lane Johnson, that's freaking a heavyweight fight. Absolutely incredible just talent against each other. But everywhere else, Ansa likes to play on the defensive right side. Um, he's going to have opportunities. Now, it, these guys, again, I don't think either one gets more than 20 rush or 20 snaps a game. Uh, they're just, you're rotating them in, rotating them in. That's what you're trying to do. 
Um, so kind of take that for what you want. Again, I see another answer question. Appreciate that. Uh, I like having him. I think Deion Jordan's played better so far, um, but that competition is going to be key because whoever can win that job and be that third guy off the edge, you know, off the bench, you better hurry because Ronald Blair's coming back after week for week seven, baby. So if you don't have that spot locked up, one of those guys is going to be the odd man out. Do I think this is from Tyson? Do you think this is Akello's last chance to establish himself, or is it already too late? Yeah, I think it's too late. Akello's a fine guy for a number four <laughs> outside corner. No problem. That's great. That's amazing, actually. Number three is good, too. I, I really think the quarterback competition is Jason Verrett. Is Jason Verrett going to be able to establish him and play so well that Emmanuel Mosley might not get his job back? Now, I love E-Man, and I want E-Man to be that starter. But you go back to training camp, it wasn't Akello getting number one team snaps. It was Jason Verrett. They're so high on this team. So I think that's kind of the the, the thing that you got to watch. Can Jason Verrett play so well, gave up one catch for seven yards last week, that he gets to hold on to that job opposite of Richard Sherman? That's what we got to watch. Um, from Keen Burns, do we draft a cornerback in the first or second round? God, I would have. What year is this question from? The answer was yes, last year. Um, but for some reason, the 49ers and John Lynch, they are just so committed to offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers. Those are the only three positions that he has spent any first round capital on. That's it. That's it. Uh, actually, linebacker uh, Foster from freaking Alabama. What a loser. But at some time, you're going to have to. But whenever you look at even Seattle, when Robert Sala was in Seattle, okay, they don't spend high draft picks on corners. They don't do it. But what do they do? It's not the secondary that makes the defense well. It's pressure up front, athletic linebackers, then the plays come. That's the philosophy. So I don't think that they will. Should they? Perhaps. But you're asking them to go against the grain of what they believe in. I, I don't think they, they will do that. I really don't. So I would say, yes, if I was drafting, I don't think they will. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Here we go, uh, Mr. Superfly. What do you think about trading, cutting D Ford? Can't do it. That contract, you can't do it. Nobody wants it. He's damaged goods. Back, neck, uh, Achilles, knee, calf. Oh, it's too much. Yes, you can't pay a guy $17 million to play 10 games a year. You're correct. Nobody else wants to do it either. I don't think D Ford's going to ever play again. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I would expect a retirement or something like that. He'll probably be put on season ending IR. I won't be surprised if he never gets activated. Um, I hate to say it, but you can't trade him. And if you cut him, it's not going to help you this year. You got to keep him till off season. Then you can look at those options. But uh, nobody wants D Ford right now. You couldn't give him away. If you package D Ford in a fifth round pick to take his salary, nobody would do it. Um, so take that for what you want. Anita. What are you expecting from Debo Sunday? Not a lot, okay? And, man, I love your question because I feel like you read my script, Anita. Thank you so much. Let's talk about this. Let's move on to our predictions. And I'm going to get to your question here in just a very quick second, Anita. The Eagles are backed into a corner. They're not a bad football team. They haven't responded well to bad situations. And, unfortunately, that's kind of capped their situation. For the season, and they're digging themselves in a hole. Now, the good thing for the Eagles is they play in the worst division in football, the worst division in pro sports. The Washington football team, who doesn't even have a mascot, is currently in first place in the NFC West, if you want to know how bad it is. They have Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback. That's how bad it is. 
is are the Eagles going to be the team that lashes out? This is a team again. They won their division last year. They're they're a good football team. But they played so poor and they made so many mistakes. Who are they going to be tomorrow night? Are they going to be the team that lashes out and tries to throw a freaking haymaker and knock out the 49ers early? Or do they show more of the same? Because I do think the Eagles are better than an 0-3-1 team, which they will be after they lose this game. But hopefully this isn't the week that they you know rebound. They've got a tough order. Now, let's go back to your question about Debo and what that looks like. Brandon Ayuk just got voted Pepsi Rookie Player of the, the Week, and rightfully so. 101 total yards, touchdown. Uh, kid was incredible. Debo is back, which will help Brandon Ayuk. It's going to help everybody. But Kyle Shanahan asked, what do we expect from Debo, and what does that look like with his very first action? Here's the head coach, Kyle Shanahan himself. Um, I mean, I don't think they get phased out of the offense, offense but... I mean, we definitely have to be smart with them. I want to say that there's a pitch count, um, but, you know, it's Debo's our starting receiver last year. Um, so we earned that early in the year, and we kept it that way most of the year. So uh, definitely to finish. So I don't expect him to be like that to, um, on Sunday. It's, it is his first time back. we got to be smart with that. Um, I mean, you see a lot of these injuries around the league and stuff, and that's kind of what happens when you don't go through the totally normal process um, of an offseason that we did. And when you have a guy who's missed a ton, um, with his injury, um, that makes it even stronger. So we got to be smart with him. Um, I know he'll be out there, um, but it won't be as his normal role, that's for sure. And, and so you kind of got to weave your way through Kyle Shanahan's words. One, he said he's not on a pitch count. Then he said he's not going to be out there in his normal role. So that's kind of what we're going to get from Debo. I think you could look at three to four touches for Debo, and that's all you need. I think you're looking at maybe a 50% snap count. Uh, he'll be out there for the first team for sure, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an end around on the very first series. Man, I'll, I'll go crazy uh, jumping up and down on my couch. That's uh, just what it's going to be. But do not look for a traditional Debo work game. That's not smart. You don't want to do that. You might not even want to do that with Kittle. Now, there's a big difference between Kittle and Debo. Kittle's already played in games this year and had a full offseason. Debo hasn't practiced with the team before this week. He hasn't practiced with the team since the Super Bowl. So there's a big difference. So you got to temper your expectations with Debo. Now, those same expectations, you got to pump them up with Brandon Ayuk. Coming off an awesome week, expect it to continue. I have Ayuk getting seven-plus touches this week. Um, he had 101 off of eight touches last week. So seven-plus touches. I love Ayuk this week. I think he's going to be great because the offense or the defense is not going to be able to focus on Ayuk. They're not. They're going to be focusing on Kittle and Debo, which means Ayuk is going to get the best matchups ever. I'm so excited for Ayuk. I think this is going to be a huge week, and we finally get to see what these three look like in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Also, Jarek McKinnon, man, he's finally going to find some running room in the run game. Now, two weeks ago, he went three for 77 rush attempts. Then stacked box last week in his first start. He struggled a little bit. I've got him getting 50-plus rushing yards and 40-plus receiving yards. That's Jarek McKinnon. He's going to be a factor. Now, let's go to the defensive side. Two players that I like a lot in this game, and they are just constantly trending up. Jason Verrett continues to ball out, and Jaquaski Tart. You have never heard me say Jaquaski Tart's going to ball out in my prediction episode. You've never heard it. It's happening, baby. Tart has won me over. I am on the Jaquiski team. Choo-choo, baby. Tart's going to ball out. 
And this, here's the thing that I think is huge. Tart's going to get a chance to lay the, he hits hard when he wants to, not all the time. You hit Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz stops. <laughs> he does not like contact, period. He's a finesse player. He's a football player. He's a good, he's a good dude. He doesn't like contact. I want Tart to knock the bejesus out of this guy. Legally, I don't want to hurt him, but I'm telling you, go hit that dude. He's their number one target on offense. Him and Miles Sanders, take him out of, take him out of their game plan. Make him look over the middle. Make him worry if he's going to get smashed by Jaquaski Tart. I, I'm so excited for those two players. I think they're going to play awesome and respond, and the matchups dictate that. Now, Hyder. I got to talk about Kerry Hyder Jr., baby. He continues his uh, sack stri uh, streak to three games. He's got back-to-back. -back. He's going to get another sack. Can't stop him. You can't stop him. This guy just does what is right all the time. Now, the only way the Eagles win is Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox to get three-plus sacks, and Carson, this is the next key to the game. This is number three that I talked about earlier. Carson has to attempt less than 40 pass attempts. They've got to find a way to run the ball, whether that's with Carson, Miles Sanders, whatever, Scott, Boston, Scott. I don't care. The Eagles want to win. they got to run the ball. They're not going to. They're going to air it out like they always do, and it's a bad choice. So I got the 49ers winning, baby. 31-17. to 17. Let's go. 49ers improved to 3-1. and one. So excited about this. We got our bets of the week, and also, this is huge. Sunday night's episode is episode number 300 for the 40 Hours Rush podcast. We will be giving away an autographed Joe Montana, the GOAT jersey, official black Nike 49ers jersey, hand-signed by Joe Montana tomorrow night after the game right here live on YouTube. And if you haven't already, head over to my Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman. Click on my profile, the pinned tweet. You'll see the jersey. You'll see the signature. All you got to do is retweet that with a GIF. Make me laugh. Make me smile. And you're going to be entered into the competition. We'll be announcing that live tomorrow. So I hope you join us. Thank you so much for all the support. Love it. We will be talking immediately after the game. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.